Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. This is episode 321, where we will be talking all the injury news and nuggets from around the NFL headed into week three with Classic Mike from the Get Right Fantasy Network. Support for TFW Live is brought to you by our patrons. Our community from patreon.com slash the fantasy whispers have supported us throughout our brand's existence. And this month we will be doing, as every month moving forward, our giving away an amazing prize. We got a Joe Burrow 2020 Panini Sandwich Chronicles number 19 rookie card ISA 10 to give away to one lucky patron. There are just a couple of days left to get signed up and enter this Sunday prior to kickoff. Head on over to patreon.com slash the fantasy whispers and sign up to day i'm austin sear and i'm joined here by my best friends johnny game time hicks and big travi bring them on let's go what that panini sandwich you whisper nation seriously albert ronald standard man we got freak stomper in the house love all you guys here way to join us today and a lot of gratitude going to our members over on youtube who support the show through a monthly subscription Gus Ramos, Pizza Belly, Don Caples, Bailey Ziegler, Kevin Dobby, Nick, Brett Zabo, John Credit, Eric Lorenz, and Donnie Tubbs, Jersey J, and Hannibal. If you would like to grow our growing list of YouTube members, click join next to the video. Meow. And thank you to those who followed us on social media this week. Yeah. Jason Quinn, Brent Schultz, Cody. It's a fuck about fantasy football. Stop playing with the Mets. Oscar, des- designated for assessment. DFA Roto. Getting wit and Viado, Day Lennon, Ryan Bass, Jaredin FB, Tailgates to Touchdowns, Whiskey Lopez, Dan Banan Hammers, Carrie Colvetso, Joe Pindas, Rangag, Ryan Porco. And if you love fantasy football and would enjoy joining a community where you know you belong, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to just get one more subscriber on this stream. Just one more could be you. And if you are new, let us know where you're streaming in from. We would love to shout you out on the show. What's With up? That said, you remember. it is our time to welcome in our guest. You know him from the Get Right Fantasy Network, the giant from New York, Kadarius Tony's uncle, the Graveyard King, Airport Security's backup, newspaper over internet, Internet Explorer over Chrome, Standard over PPR, our guy, classic. <laughs> what's going on yeah. <laughs> wow that was an introduction that was an introduction man for you dude how are you good man enjoying this wonderful fall day out here in new york it is beautiful today 55 degrees and windy oh love it all right nice <laughs> yeah. such a classic line there classic <laughs> yeah line. 55. 55 and windy i love it oh it's perfect perfect uh, weather all day long there we go That's man awesome. I, I, I freaking love it we're gonna be talking about the weather here a little bit as it is gonna relate over here on our games we're getting ready for but uh but first mike we want to know how you're doing we got a couple of questions lined up for you before we jump into a quick recap of yesterday's incredible performance last night we got the Steelers and the Browns we'll be chopping that one up then and going through every single team uh coming into this weekend uh but uh with that said Johnny take it away uh Mike we're two weeks in well two weeks in a game in (laughs) who is 
going to be that fantasy player that people drafted that is going to be winning people leagues based on what we know as of right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so we I asked mean, oh, yeah, no, I like it. I mean, right now, I I want to say guys like James Robinson. I mean, he's he's been doing great lately. His usage has been great. You know, it, he's doing much better than we even predicted. I mean, you were drafting him in what? Your last three rounds, if anything. Um, you know, I, I do love what he's been doing lately. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like these two guys have been doing, you know, wonderful things. And we, we kind of wrote them off, uh, you know, in the beginning of the year. So, um, yeah, those two guys, I think, could be league winners uh, for your team, you know, just because of their value and, you know, where you got them and how well they're doing now. So, Like it. Who's hurt you the most? Oh, who's hurt me? Uh, Zach, well, right now, Zach Ertz has hurt my team. Uh, but beyond him, uh, probably Austin He's Eckler. the number five. Tight end on the on the nah, I know. right now, but it just if it, it you wanted more, you yeah, want to be I you wanted number one. I'm greedy, yeah, yeah I'm greedy. getting a little greedy. Um, probably Austin Eckler in the context of you know what we like we said. I'm, I'm trying to be a little greedy here, but from what we were <laughs> expecting of him, and now what we see is two different things. You know, we were expecting him to be the the volume guy, getting tons of targets, tons of catches, tons of everything, and now it's like a three headed monster that we're worrying about you know, with Sony Michelle and with, um, you know, Joshua Kelly. So, and you see them consistently rotating and it's, you know, it sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> Fantasy football for you, baby. Yeah. I mean, I can even throw an Allen Robinson in there too. You know, we mm-hmm. all were hyping him up oh, third, dude. fourth round. So, Chavi, well, how you feeling on Allen Robinson today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I've sent out a lot of trade requests involving uh, Allen Robinson going off of my team. So that's pretty much it. Tell you all you need to know. And, and zero uh, look, I, I think trades. I think he is going to be fine. They'll utilize him in the red zone, as they said. I'm worried about this team being as prolific as they were last year. Yeah. Now, if McVay can get them right with the offense, then I'd be feeling better. Not to go and pontificate a lot on this. But, uh, Mike, I w- our last question here, I wanted to ask you, the player you have the most exposure to that you're actually just jacked on, uh, whether it's Ooh. best ball or whatever, but that, that you're just happy you got the most shares of? That's a good question. Um, I mean, the the one that I got the most shares of is currently hurting me, and that's uh, Mike Isecki. But beyond him, <laughs> um, you know, Joe Mixon is doing well. You know, right. he, he's staying pretty, you know, level. He's the usage not- is there. Yeah, he's at you know running back ten, so he's doing okay. So Joe Mixon, I'd probably say he's being very steady. Um, I I did try to get Amase Brown, uh, Brown, you know, consistently, but I didn't get him as much as I wanted him. But I'd say Mixon. I feel that. I feel that we got some shout outs here going on in the chat. Amon Ra here. Big popular pick on this one, as he should be. Giving a shout out here to everybody in the chat. Jumping in Freak Stomper. Freak Stomper. Hart Robinson hurt me too. Stranded on second with Tony Clark. Got some questions. I love the questions coming in, Whisper Nation. We're going to be getting to all of them by the end of the show. But if you got a relevant one to the subject at hand, we'll do our best to answer that in stride. If you hit us with a super chat, we'll make sure to prioritize that question. Um, But other questions, keep them coming, but we'll make sure we get to those at the end of the show. So it might be some time. We'll start at the top and work our way down. So appreciate them coming in. Albert, Freak Stomper, Ron, uh, everybody here. Good stuff. Keep it coming. 
want to take a look here at yesterday's game with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. We had a watch party going on it. We had some parlays. We lost them all. And it was awesome. How was your your you lost them too, Mike? Yeah. yeah. I lost yeah, a we, few. I, I did the Mitch Trubisky with a half interception okay. over. Yep, yep. Unfortunately. And and there was like three opportunities that it happened. I'm like, no, like come on. Feels like every time he throws it, it there's an opportunity. Yeah, really. Oh, I know. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was a lock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't and I had Nick Chubb at over eighty uh whatever it was, eighty five, I think it was, and yeah, I had a couple of really nice ones that I thought, you know, the uh, George Pickens anytime touchdown. I thought, you know, maybe Pat Fryermuth for a touchdown. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm, <laughs> yeah, those are tough. Johnny, what happened with Kareem Hunt getting all those receiving yards taken away? Because I had a secret bet slip that I didn't tell anybody about, and I got four out oh. of five except was two, <laughs> three yards short on Kareem Hunt. That one blew it up. Oh. What happened? Didn't he get it and they took it away or something? Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, Big Travis silent over here. This no, time. I'm just I'm Somebody laughing, and everybody would secret be secret one. bets. Yeah, oh, I think I'm just laughing. Yes, you have have about Kareem Hunt. I don't give a shit about your secret bets. Yeah. So tell me about Kareem Hunt and the receiving yards. Uh, so what happened was they it was like a a third and long, third and eight. The Brisk Jacoby Brisket completed it over the middle. Yeah. It literally looked from the angle like he he caught it. He yeah, gets he up, they it. tackled it, and then they he actually dropped it. Oh, and it was yeah, that yeah, one. yeah. And then, they, so yeah, then, they actually initially said that he caught it, and then they said that he didn't. Yeah. Right, and so that's why they ended up picking the field. That's goal. what it was. Yeah, and so uh, but they kept it for the longest time. So I was like, oh, maybe I missed a play, and he like actually got it because you know yeah. So it's then just, they ended up it, taking away, missed it by a couple. So Kareem Hunt didn't get the 17 receiving yards we needed. He got the 14 receiving yards, three out of four receptions, three catches on four targets. I want to ask you guys first on the quarterback side. I don't think there's a lot we need to say about Trubisky. That dude is an athlete. Give him that credit. You watch him run around behind the line of scrimmage. I'm like, he moves pretty fluid. He looks pretty good. He's got his arms square. He's there. The ball doesn't look bad, but it's like he's just not great at the quarterbacking position it's just like he's it, he's not the best decision maker he has trouble hitting his throws when it counts it, it, it it's like you, you're an athlete dude you look like a strong guy you know i got no issues with you personally but i don't really want your quarterback for my squad you're not charles barkley you're just want to be that looks like him be gone <laughs> like be gone, be gone. Be gone. Be gone. Yeah. but on the other side of the ball jacoby brissett man this guy just kind of, to me he was hitting me like a a slightly better teddy bridgewater so overall smart decision like making wasn't making like too many yeah. risks but wasn't afraid to make a risk if he really had to take one it was like his last option but if he had to take one he could go downfield a little bit uh, he finished 21 completions on 31 attempts 220 yards that was significantly above the over projections i think it was like 180 something yards two yeah. touchdowns no interceptions it's not blowing you away with these numbers but it's getting the job done i mean 29 points and the browns are two and one right now I don't think we're considering starting Brissett, but three and oh, could fight, should be, probably should be. I mean, at yeah. long term, I know he's just a placeholder right now, presumably for when Deshaun Watson comes back after his suspension. How are we? Do we have any other words to throw out about Jacoby Brissett other than placeholder yes. right now? Does he have anything? What would you say, Johnny? You won't like it, but he's just a winner, dude. He just gets the job done. He did it in Indianapolis. He did it in New England. He just wins games. I like that, man. 
Yeah, lost me my bet against you, but it was yeah. close. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Miami. I forgot. He did a stop so in Miami bad. as well. Yeah, that's, that was that's close, right? So I, I, think that's, I think that's a fair a winner. I think that I like that take. Smart, thoughtful, um, gets the job done. So that, good, yeah. good job. Good job, Cleveland, on this. Looking over to the running back side, this is a little bit more interesting. I, in the league of, in our uh, list, listener league, had Najee Harris here going up against my opponent's Nick Chubb. And it was pretty close, even though Nick Chubb looked like a hell of a lot better runner. Mike, I heard you talk about Najee Harris at the top. Can you share your thoughts on the first round drafted running back going into his sophomore season? Honestly, what's his ceiling is being held down because of the, the line. He can't get through the line. And if you watch the the tape, he literally will go to like the B caps and like try to get through a line and then just get shut down. You know, he doesn't try to take a cut. He doesn't try to go outside. He doesn't try to do anything. He literally just runs the ball straight. And the volume of, uh, you know, his little passes, like he didn't have, what, he had three targets for three receptions for five yards. He's last year, he kind of lived with, you know, his numbers were huge because of those little dunk and, you know, dunk passes to the outside on the flat for him to go up the field. He's just not getting it, and it's because the line isn't giving them time to be able to do anything. So I, it's basically, for me, it's the line. I mean, their O-line is absolute garbage compared to, you know, the O-line for Cleveland, in my opinion. You know, Cleveland's line opened up holes for Chubb, and then Chubb would knock you over and keep on running. Travis, Nick Chubb is looking exactly like who we thought he was, but maybe even a little bit better. It looks like that wobble bar shake weight that he was squatting borrowed from Jameis yeah. doing him some right. good. Kareem Hunt has been getting it done, too. Are we just the Browns running backs are who we thought they were and they're kind of looking good through three weeks? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Johnny's going to like this, but Jacoby Brissett is just making this offense a little bit more efficient than Baker Mayfield ever did is what it looks like. And so you can actually get away with Chubb like being who he is and getting subbed off the field with Kareem Hunt because they're an efficient offense and they're doing more with their opportunities right now than Baker was. And I'll, I'll give Baker the credit, you know, he was injured. Um, so it is exciting because it, it, especially something where like Chubb will probably have weeks where he's not going to get three touchdowns or even a touchdown in the game. And that's going to upset you. But I think he's overall going to be that fringe, you know, borderline art, you know, and back in RB one borderline RB two by the end of the year. But then if if Watson comes back, you know, like I think that he can actually hit the ceiling that we're seeing right now. That would be more more sustainable here. I love how Travis says like, oh, like Baker inefficient. When when like this, they've been like Hunt was good last year. Nick Chubb was good last year. They they Nick Chubb's always Baker. been good. He averages yeah, over like, five yards a carry yeah, all the yeah. time. So I don't know why Travis trying I don't to know. throw some shade on Baker over here. Like, bro, <laughs> well, you like, know why? Yeah, I know why. But it was it was it. It wasn't a one that stuck because it that's not the reason. What I don't know why is why is Travis calling Nick Chubb a high end RB two when he's literally never I been said, an RB two outside of his first an RB2 year. Two RB2 last six, year in PPR. He was a oh, RB eleven in twenty twenty. Uh, so that's a back end RB one, which is what I just said. He was so again. I'm not saying that Nick Chubb sucks at football. I clearly can see the game with you guys. Are you okay? sure? Do you no, not no. like Nick Chubb? This is like the Do DK like Metcalf. Him? This is like the DK Metcalf argument. I agree that they're physical specimens and good at what they do, but it's about opportunity. Okay. It's about your offense. It's about environment. Is he going to be the RB1 in standard and PPR for the rest of the year? 
No, he's not so going to be. He will regress to more of an RB 10 through 14. That is where Chubb will end up. And I think that's fine. Wow. I think it, you know, to, to Mike's PBR, point, PBR, early, you're saying, I'm look, I am looking at standard, our league of record is standard. That is where my head was at. I, understand I mean, yeah, that. we have, we have classic RB seven, RB nine. We can yell about our takes. I'm with you there, buddy. But well, he you guys are, you know, standard. I'm, I'm just He's trying to say, yeah, I don't know. Is he better now because of this non Baker offense? That's actually my question because Nick Chubb is always, I think that Nick Chubb is better. I think Nick Chubb is better than his ADP suggested coming into the year, and that is because Brissett is managing the offense better than a lot of people thought he could. Guys like Amari Cooper have stepped up. Guys like DPJ in week one have stepped up. And if that continues, if they can continue to threaten defenses with some sort of pass between Brissett and these other pieces, then yes, I think that he can be better than we thought. But do I think that he belongs, you know, you know, should we have been drafting him over Najee Harris? Clearly, yes, you know. Uh, but I think that's that might have more to say about Najee Harris than it does Nick Chubb. Where would Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook in stand? Dalvin Cook. Okay. Let's talk about the wide receivers right now. Travis, you mentioned here Amari Cooper feeling a little romantic again. Yeah. 11 targets, 7 catches, 101 yards. He pulled in a touchdown. Let's – I think that – Deontay Johnson looking strong, looking good, getting it done, especially from a PPR perspective. Chase Claypool perennially giving you blue balls. George Pickens, <laughs> hey, they're saying one of the greatest catches. All like it's so good. Yeah, dude. And we watch that propensity Sick. to do the one-handed blow a touchdown in the end zone. So I'm actually dude. this guy's looking like a rookie all the way for me. I'm excited it's about him in like Dynasty. I'm OBJ not as excited about. No, no not even close. I mean, OBJ I know, was I know. doing it too. Odell Beckham was catching. Surprised? He was catching touchdowns in the end zone. He oh, wasn't being yeah. silly and dropping well, them. You can go ahead and try to make that case, mm. and I don't think you'll like what it looks like on replay. George Pickens had some really nice movement. He had some mistakes, though. He's showing his rookiness in that again. Excited moving forward, but we'll go ahead and wait and see. Chase Claypool, I don't know if we got to wait and see anymore. Do you, what do you guys do with Chase Claypool? Drop He's on your team. Yeah, you cut You're him. Dropping him. Yeah, there's nothing there for you to really do. I think he was a he was in a nice range that was kind of like an upside play dart throw. Like maybe he could emerge with Trubisky, but it's clearly you know Deontay Johnson or bust. And you know even Deontay is is a one that unless you're in PPR is 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 letting you down and at times because of the offense. Yeah. Yeah, Deontay Johnson. Uh, well, this isn't pulling up for me here. So well, whatever, moving on. But like you see the disparity, like to Travis's point, like he's on RB nine in PPR, but RB twenty one in standard wide receiver. He yeah, he doesn't mm-hmm. score a ton of touchdowns. Is his only problem. They're just not getting any first downs. This Steelers team. We watched it at the fourth Dude. quarter. All they needed to do was like they, they just can't get first downs. So they can't move the ball. They can't do what they need to do. Why is that? Because they don't throw to Pickens <laughs> enough, dude. Oh, shit. no, it's because their line is horrible and doesn't yeah, go. I know. I know that is the ball yes. decently. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So Johnny, how does he about Amari Cooper? Well, let's talk about Amari Cooper. He has been a little bit exciting. He's been that number one wide receiver. I'm sorry. It's not DPJ. It's not Bell. It's Amari Cooper. Things can change. But as through three weeks, it is clear. How are we evaluating Amari Cooper? Where would Amari Cooper be going if he was being drafted in redraft leagues today? still do uh fear the weather a little okay. bit because he has like a 
he does have a propensity in bad weather of course, like a lot of receivers to kind of disappear. Uh, but in the system, he's the wide receiver one. I still do think he'll be, you know, top 15, top 16, probably right around where he's been the last few years. It doesn't look like he lost much of a step. They are targeting him and he's their best wide receiver. So why not? And then you got to imagine when he does get Sean Watson back, he'll be more consistent uh, probably than he's being right now and his and his ceiling would be a little That's, bit more yeah higher. that would be what i would say is his ceiling gets you get more touchdown upside if watson's back in the lineup right he should stay pretty consistent i, I look at him in the same realm i don't know if mike if you agree is like a brandon cooks you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to gobble up targets in a mediocre offense, you know, and and honestly, he might have better peripherals just because we like the Browns offense a little bit more than than the Texans. Mm-hmm. He's a better route runner. I mean, that's that's what he's known for. He's a he's very good at routes and he and can just go. Oh, of course. And yeah. and that's what he's good. I think Brandon Cooks is a very solid comp for him. And mm. He's just a bigger Brandon Cooks. Yeah. You know, like he's just he's always been a a really good wide receiver one anywhere he's gone. That I mean, that was my whole argument with the context of CeeDee Lamb, you know, when he was in Dallas in the context that he was helping CeeDee Lamb out. Now that he's gone, we see it. But I mean, that's a different conversation for a different day. But you can see that he is he's able to do it here in Cleveland without a problem, even with Brissett throwing him the ball. Right. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to get there. And he just had, he gets so much separation that he has all the ability to get the ball and just, you know, he loves just taking it. And then he can either get yards after the catch or just go down. You know, what's great. Sorry to cut you off, Mike. No, but good. what's crazy is, as you see, like Njoku also went off. And I know we'll talk about him in a second, but like, <laughs> do it now. That means, that means brisket is supporting like a really healthy offense, right? You've got a good solid. Well, this is up like almost 30 points game. game. But yeah, yeah I mean, like, points. yeah, they're Jacoby, man. Let's go. I mean, they had, they had the same yard. Like they had almost the identical stats, except for the two touchdowns that Brissett threw. So, right. Right. You know, they, quick. They're looking good on this one. And it really benefited David Njoku. We heard the coaches come in and talk a little bit about how sometimes it's going to be a Njoku game. Sometimes we're just going to have him block heavily. Well, he had 10 targets, nine catches, 89 yards, a touchdown, and then five first downs. So they were going to him in some important moments. Travis, you talked a lot about David Njoku as one of these deep down sleepers at the tight end position that we're always considering. He's got pop, former first round pick, got Austin Hooper out of the mix now. Been a bit inconsistent, but this ceiling he showed last night is hard to ignore. What are you feeling about David Njoku today? Yeah, I mean, this was great to see. He was a guy that was probably a drop candidate in in some formats coming into this game because he had just not shown it there. I mean, he had the contract and he had some peripherals, but, you know, Harrison Bryant still exists and pulled some snaps away from him. But this was a great ceiling game, and I just think now you're at a point with Njoku. Maybe you snatch him up if you can if you're streaming and you play them in the right matchups, I wouldn't want to go and trust it a hundred percent, but you know, there is, there is these kind of games and these environments for uh, the Browns who have a really, really soft schedule uh, to start. And they've played three games of that schedule, but uh, they've got some more games coming up that are very, you know, winnable matchups or at least bad secondaries for them. So you definitely like that. And, and, and you want to see him as, as a potential streamer going forward. Yeah, like a king of a streamer type. He's like a premium streamer kind of guy. Yeah, like yeah, they've, doing two. 
Maybe. Atlanta, and then, you know, the Chargers, New England, Baltimore, secondary is banged up right now. So there's a couple matchups within the next four weeks you could target. All right. Well, any other thoughts on last night's Thursday night game before we move on to the news and notes? All right. Taking a look here at the Arizona Cardinals. We've got James Conner going to be a game time decision week three, dealing with that ankle injury. Not looking like we're going to get Rondale Moore, Johnny. Are you firing up Daryl Williams? Are you considering Eno Benjamin and any other pass catchers in Arizona outside of Marquise Brown you would be excited to play? So real quick on the Rondale Moore, uh, Cliff Kingsbury said today that he expects him hopefully back by next week, but he said for sure two weeks from now. So I have no idea. Like that was a pretty bad hamstring, but it is good to see that they're like literally letting him rest fully before they come back um and then james connor is going they're going to see how he does in warm-ups and then so it is a true game time decision so that is pretty concerning to me ultimately i think they do sit him uh and i don't know i don't have any souses telling me that but uh i just have a because i know how much the cardinals are wanting to use him this year especially with uh with hopkins out I think that uh, they would probably hold him out just to, so it doesn't get worse. But again, we'll see uh, if he is out. It is an afternoon game. Williams would be the play. He was, should take the Connor role. I do like Eno a little bit more, considering like you're not, you, you can't really run on the on the Rams right up the middle. So it's mm. going to be a lot more dump offs. Uh, so expect a little bit more uh, Eno and and probably Zach Ertz in this game. You'd go Eno over Daryl Williams. You're making a decision in your flex right now. You got both Arizona Cardinals running backs. Two minutes till kickoff, Johnny. Who is in your flex, Eno or Daryl Williams? Well, if I have both of them, it's situational, right? So if and if and if it's PPR versus standard. If it's standard, I'm rolling with uh, I'm rolling with Williams. He has a higher likelihood to score a touchdown if they get near the goal line. Um, but if it's like PPR mm -hmm. and I'm down, I'm going with Eno because Eno should see a lot of dump offs. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets like five catches in this game, you know, should be able to get 50 or so yards. And then you never know, like touchdowns are fluky. So he could end up sneaking one of those in, but, um, yeah, you're just looking at this D front for the Rams and expect them to kind of do a lot of dump off screens to get around it and then use more Eno who's like more of an explosive around the corner type of running back. And then any other takes or insights to share about the wide receivers out of Arizona, any extra sneaky plays this week? Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Travis, I'm coming to you on JK Dobbins. I know you've got some investment in the running back for Baltimore. He's questionable for week three. He did get in three full practices this week. You love that. It's a great sign for future expectations. And I like the way they frame it here in the blurb. For most players, that would all but guarantee they are playing on Sunday. Dobbins is recovering from significant knee damage, including a torn ACL he suffered from training camp last year. We know he's been ramping up. We know he's really excited. If he plays, are you excited to play him in your fantasy lineups, though? Oh, I don't think I would be. I think he'd be on some sort of a snap count. And I just think that Baltimore is really okay right now. Uh, with this 
aggressive pass rate offense that they're running. Now, obviously, they lost last week, but this offense looks to be clicking through the air between Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and then even Devin Duvernay, who are all Isaiah Likely, who's also on the injury report. All these guys are weapons now. You know, this is something that we questioned out of Baltimore in the passing attack if they had enough weapons. They have weapons now. And we saw them before Lamar went down last year were really aggressive as well because they didn't have a run game. So until we see Dobbins back and get the full workload, no. I do like a little bit of like the narrative that here though. He said, Hey, don't doubt me and Jesus, what we're, you know, what we're up to at the highest level. It is week three. We have the Trinity, you know, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I, I think J.K. Dobbins might play today, or J.C. Dobbins, maybe we should call him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. I, I, would not, I would not play him. I think the line that it probably, you know, it, it would, I mean, I'd probably play him over the Arizona backs. That's a you good know? question. Johnny, would you play oh, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins or Daryl Williams? What about you, Mike? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I'd probably go with Daryl just because I know it. It the consistency is there. I don't know what's going to happen with J.K. I, yeah. I need to know that I'm going to be getting at least ten to fifteen touches, and you know, be okay with it. He might get that, but I would still see them kind of easing him in even after the fact. I mean, they've literally held him out for the last two weeks when he said he was ready to go week one. I'm like, no, you, you're not. <laughs> like we heard all the reports that he wasn't going to be ready at least for another month, and he kept pushing it and kept pushing it and pushing it. So honestly, I don't even think he plays, but you know, we'll see, you know, (laughs) it's like Darius. It's like Shaquille Leonard who keeps saying that he's okay. And he's practiced all week. And then they bench him on game day. I mean, I just don't see it yet. Yeah. We've seen some great production coming out of the Buffalo bills, whether or not they've had a lot of these great players they've got outside of Stefan Diggs active. Good news for the Bills, though. It is going to be a great addition to get Gabe Davis back. He is questionable week three, Mike, against the Dolphins. He said he was 100% confident he would play earlier this week. That sounds great. It also sounded great when J.K. Dobbins said he was going to play week one, too. So we got to breathe that in with a little extra consideration and a little bit of pause. Dawson Knox dealing with a foot issue. He's also questionable for week three. He's got in a limited session today and yesterday. Sat out practice earlier in the week. It's more likely than not that he'll go, but he hasn't been super involved anyways. I assume you're going to start Gabe Davis if he's active. How are you feeling about Dawson Knox and any other wide receivers that you would actually be getting going in a standard type league is Isaiah McKenzie or Crowder bear any consideration for you, Mike? No, uh, no, no. But no. in in standard, no. PPR maybe, um, maybe Connor or not Connor uh, Crowder. I'd be okay with maybe McKenzie doesn't really do anything for me in the context of what he does. He doesn't get a you know a lot of production or targets. Yeah, game one, you know, the first game of the year he did okay. You know, Dawson Knox he could do okay, but it. We haven't seen any good usage of him. You know, it's kind of like we were saying in the offseason. He's very touchdown dependent. And, you know, he's not really getting looked at. You know, Stefan Diggs is is his love. And, you know, Josh Allen will literally just throw it right to him every time. I mean, what, 14? You know, 14 targets? (laughs) Like 11? So, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, Gabe Davis definitely opens it up a little bit more for when, you know, if he comes back. I mean, I I – retweeted a bunch of uh video of him at practice they did a they showed a couple of uh 
you know, little things he was doing and he looked okay. It was, I think Thursday, if I remember. So, you know, today it's an extra day. They still got one more day. And thankfully this is a one o'clock game. So we'll have a better idea. I'm definitely mm. playing Gabe Davis if he's playing, you know, because why, you know, why not? I mean, the, not? the kid is incredible. I love this guy. Speaking <laughs> of incredible kids, man, we got Christian McCaffrey. Oh, Travis, is this not just been such a, 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 an amusement park, maybe a haunted house, maybe, uh, you know, some something that's definitely got your nervous yeah, system we do, we jolting around? We do have October around the corner, so maybe it's a little bit of a haunted house. Ooh, CMC, this, these, are, these have been cracking me up. Now what I do when CMC pops up on the injury report is I look exactly at the context. I go and dig for the context, and or I look for a quote by him. And his quote this week was, literally, if I took a piss, I would an, end up on the injury report. So I just – that is another thing. He had a little bit of stiffness to start <laughs> Wait, the week. Wait, he's that fragile? He's that fragile right now? Yeah, exactly. He's got a, I think he might, oh, might, move, dude. I think he might have a UTI. Yeah. Uh, no, but, uh, that sounds so, like, hey, man, so, those things hurt. <laughs> yeah, right. Pain tolerance. Let's go. Uh, tolerance. So for, for me, it's just, you know, until it's something serious, I, I don't panic. If you – look, you never – drafting CMC wasn't for the faint of heart. So if a pop-up on the injury report is really <laughs> – if it's really bugging you, then trade him away. But Listen, for he's me, a bit, like, you don't draft yeah, CMC, yeah, all right? That's it, dude. Like, for the light boys. I didn't draft him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a classic. I know he's yeah, a light boy. Yeah. So we understand that. But for me, it's fine. He's getting elite usage like he used to get before. If the offense can just get a little bit more efficient, and I'm not asking for a ton, and they put a little bit more focus on dumping down to CMC, he is going to absolutely crush. And, uh, and so he's just got to keep continuing doing what he's doing. There we go. And we're going to keep continuing doing what we're doing. Moving on over to the Cincinnati Bengals. Hayden Hurst, who runs an incredible foundation, who was our choice to sponsor for the Mock Draft Marathon. Classic Mike helped us out on that marathon. Got to benefit that phenomenal organization, bringing a lot of awareness and solutions towards the mental health area. God knows we all need it, but we are dealing with a different type of injury right now. It's a groin that Hayden Hurst got. Also important. He's questionable for week three. I mean, I just got to be straight with it, though. Are we in or out? Is Hayden Hurst the option you want streaming at tight end for you? Mike, what do you think? No, no, no not today. I don't, I I don't mean, think it's against so. the Jets. I get it, but it, it's I don't, find I don't better. see him playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can definitely find someone better. Yeah. To be in a super deep league on this one. Moving on to the Dallas Cowboys. We got Michael Gallup, Johnny, who was a full participant in Friday's practice. Two straight practices for Gallup coming off of that ACL suffered last year. Signs are pointing to getting Gallup back. I know that would be nice for what has become quickly a very depleted Cowboys offense. Dalton Schultz, speaking of depleted offensive players, did not practice on Friday. It's tough to pivot considering he is on Monday night schedule this week. Johnny, how would you handle Dalton Schultz? I th- probably a wait and see on Michael Gallup, especially with Cooper Rush. You're happy for the Cowboys. I don't think we'd advise playing Michael Gallup outside of extremely desperate situations. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I really want to know how you would approach Johnny Dalton Schultz being this kind of game time call, given that he's playing on Monday. Uh I think he probably ultimately plays, um, but again, I I don't try. I would be trying to find a different solution. Uh, I'd be like trying to search for Irv Smith. I'd be trying to, uh, you know, maybe 
well, if you were lucky and played Njoku over him. Uh, I'm I, but I am concerned with uh, the knee injury, and you know, having that as your tight end, it's already a fluky position anyway. I don't need my my tight end already injured as well as the quarterback situation. You're not super. I mean, Cooper Rush. I get it. You know, golf clap to him. He he performed week one. Uh, Step in, but- get the job done, baby. Yeah, but uh, I I don't have confidence in it. So uh, I like other players that even that are on the waiver wire or tight end streamers over uh, playing Dalton Schultz on on that injury. Yeah, I think so, man. It's like the difference between good and great is so slim and great to amazing is so small in this sport. Dalton Schultz was hanging on by so many boxes getting checked for him. If you decrease his ability even just a little bit, then with the Dak Prescott being out, I mean, we were giving him the jag tag before the injury to both the quarterback and his own knee. So that's that's kind of a tough one for me. I would start to be thinking about some other plans at the tight end position if I was rostering Dalton Schultz myself. Travis, you've had some Denver Broncos players on your squad, so I wanted to get your take on some of this. He's also, you traded away Jerry Judy. In our dynasty league, I know that you were not a fan of how often you saw Jerry Judy getting injured. And lo and behold, here he is dealing with some shoulders, ribs, knees and toes. Just kidding. Shoulders <laughs> and ribs, though. Hey, you got KJ Hamler. There we go. She's coming on the show here pretty soon. KJ Hamler, who's that speedy second year player, third year player now, I guess. Uh, he is a third year. I don't know. Whatever. He's got a knee and a hip and he kind of came in and then he was. He didn't have a setback, but he then wasn't getting action. I don't know. It doesn't sound like KJ Hamler is 100%, but they might be pushing him forward a little bit because they did lose Tim Patrick. Jerry Judy is on the recovery. KJ Hamler just might be a little bit further on his recovery than Jerry Judy is. That's going to force him a little bit into the game. I don't know. I'm loving Cortland Sutton, Travis. Yeah. I'm struggling to find other options. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, this whole thing sounds like a riddle where where the answer is (laughs) Cortland Sutton, you know, and I just think that (laughs) Cortland Sutton dominated in air yards last week, and he is a guy that's going to continue to get peppered in this offense, um, even in a tough matchup for, you know, maybe Russ and the other and the rest of the offense against San Francisco on Sunday night in Denver. I still love Sutton because of the target market share he'll demand in this game. And, you know, because of that Sunday night, you know, even if Judy guts it out and he ends up going, he wouldn't be somebody I want to put in my lineup just yet until I see him kind of get back fully from the injury. But I think the Broncos are smart here. They're going to probably rest Jerry Judy and let him get fully back up to speed here. And we, we could probably see a lot of the backs and, and Cortland Sutton. Are they that smart, though? Well, I think <laughs> that's a that's actually a fair question, Mike. Uh, yeah, that's hey, that's, man, I'm a I'm a I'm a Russ owner, man. It, it's it's been very difficult to see. It's very, very difficult to to deal with. I mean, I'm, I am I own the stack with Russell and Cortland in one of my big leagues. And it's one of those things where I'm I'm disappointed, you know, and you would think that he would in an offense that's so pass heavy, you would think that he would be a little bit more you know, accurate with the football, maybe like he, he just, he seems like he's, he's throwing under duress, which I thought the line looked, uh, you know, in the off season would be a better option. Mm-hmm. Nope. And it, you know, he, it looked like, you know, Gino has more time, you know, behind the Seattle offense, which mm-hmm. is very odd to begin with as well. So for me, I'm just hoping that they can get this going. I honestly, Hackett needs to get rid of the play calling and give it to somebody oh, yeah. else. And you know, Dable, I, I was reading something today. Dable, everyone's talking how good he's been. You know, Giants 2-0. I know, whatever. But at the same time, 
he's handed off the play calling to Mike Kafka and been like, hey, you do this while I ma- you know, manage the game here. Maybe you should start doing that. <laughs> Maybe yeah. should, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here at Ronald's points, and I love you, Professor Ron. But I don't know, man. We've seen this movie a bunch of times. Wilson starts slow. I had to check you on that yeah. one. You go back to last year, 35 points, 27 points. You go back to 2020, 40 points, 45 points, 47 points, 26 points, 32 <laughs> points. You go back to 2019, 20 points, 30 points, 45 points. He always started hot, and then he ends. He, he burns, started he hot. burns hot, and then he fizzles And then out. he falls off. I've been I mean, he's getting a flip. Are we getting yeah, a flip? And and that would make sense, right? Look at these other teams he's been in, right? Yeah. The other teams he's been ingrained in the offense. He knows the play caller. He knows the coach. So, yeah, of course it could tail off as maybe the defenses get a little bit better against him or those teams maybe got banged up. In this case, I do think that there is a case for Russ to get better later. I do. Um, and he's going to have to in that division if they want to make anything happen. But they just paid a boatload of money to Russ Wilson. Like they won't have the patience for Hackett's bullshit. No, Even I, I think I, I think again, like Mike is is right to bring up the fact that they will probably have to you know, urge him to relieve play calling duties because he can't even manage the clock right now and get good play calls in. Um, And then Russ, you know, what we're seeing too, and this could be part of it is, you know, guys that didn't play in the preseason, even veteran quarterbacks are kind of struggling, you know? And so guys that did play in the preseason, Patrick Mahomes, we're seeing, you know, Josh Allen looking really good. So I think those are really important points that you bring up. There's a learning curve to doing anything new. And even if it's something familiar, like playing football, which Russell Wilson's been doing for a long time, he's wearing a new NFL jersey for the first time. He's playing for a head coach who's never head coached. That wasn't obvious before. Yesterday, a really good point was brought up about Nathaniel Hackett. Was it Kluge or was it one of us, Travi, who mentioned the plan might have been for Hackett to come over to Denver to grease the wheels on getting Aaron Rodgers? in the blue and orange and that didn't work out so they went with a guy who they didn't hate but his real purpose was to bring Aaron Rodgers on board now they're kind of stuck with him I don't know how much truth is in there but Hackett needs to get sharp or turn it over really fast and they're not going to have a lot of patience for it I'm not going to have a lot of patience for Russell Wilson in week three which is why I'm actually considering starting Jared Goff instead of Russell Wilson. I wanted to get Whisper Nation's take on that one because, Travi, you mentioned here the continuity of some of these quarterbacks and if they miss time in the preseason. Jared Goff looks to be really benefiting from having some familiarity with this Detroit Lions team. Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson have allowed Jared Goff to produce at a good rate. I think he's like the number nine overall quarterback right now. I like the interdivision matchup against Minnesota this week. Any, am I, am I, do you think that starting Jared Goff over Russell Wilson is a horrible call this week? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, that's uh, I, you know, I write an article every week, start sit for uh, co- for club fantasy FFL. And that is the exact combo. Mm. I said to fade Russell Wilson and to start Jared Goff. It's simply uh, all the things we talked about with Russ, plus they're playing the Niners 
And on the opposite end, we have one of the highest point totals between the Lions and the Vikings. We've already seen the Vikings defense get shredded last week against Jalen Hurts. And we've already seen the, the Lions, they played in the preseason. They're running on all cylinders. Like Amon Ross St. Brown could literally make Jared Goff a QB1 on his own like on his own back uh, because of the work he can do. And then you have Swift and, as you said, Hawkinson. If Jared Goff could connect on one or two of these throws to DJ Shark down the field, that's oh another God. way he can spike. Uh, there's just we've seen Goff do this in other offenses before with the Rams as well. Um, he's definitely one of the better streamers out there. And this week, I, I love the matchup. I mean, this this I want to I want to get a take on Hawkinson with from Mike here. But before I pivot over on that side, Travis, on your point, likening this Detroit Lions team led by Jared Goff to some of his previous L.A. Rams teams. I don't think that's so far out, out of bounds take. I mean, you've no. got. You've, you've, and then especially when we get Jamison Williams back, like Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown, it's a very exciting possibility on that. But then we've got, uh, you know, we, we, from his Cooper Cup or his Robert Woods, you got your Amon Ross St. Brown there, just this target monster able to do extra work. You got a really good running back. TJ Hawkinson is an option. Bit classic Mike, 90% snap share averaged for TJ Hawkinson. He's Hasn't had great outputs, you know, 38 yards and 26 yards, but seven targets in both games, four catches week one, three catches week two. He's definitely a startable tight end in what is always like a disappointing tight end field. I asked the question, like, I I don't know if TJ Hawkinson's not going to hurt you, but I don't know how much he's going to help you. Where are you looking at TJ Hawkinson as a fantasy viable tight end? Yeah, I mean, he's he's middle of the road for me. You know, he's probably a low-end tight end one, you know, for the rest of the season if you want to look at him from that perspective. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at him, like, right now, like, this week, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd probably – I have him ranked probably tight end 10. I have to look real quick. Okay. But yeah, I have him – exactly, tight end 10, where, you know, right – right right below Zach Ertz, right above Logan Thomas. Like he's, he's just someone that's going to help you get what, like seven to eight points, you know, seven to 10 points where he can just help you out. Maybe, Um, you know, my question to you guys, I I have this scenario and I'm, I'm actually kind of trying to figure out what I want to do. I have Russell and I have Kirk cousins sitting right there in Mm. on the waiver or, you know, in free agent, do I drop Russell? Like, is now the time to drop him and just go with somebody else and start just stream every week? Or do I, you know, just stick it, you know, hold in one more week and see what happens? So I just traded Russ to to Austin. And the, the reason I wouldn't be like dropping Russ is because I think you can get someone to still buy Russ. Like I wouldn't. Be, and, and then Kirk Cousins is going to he's going to do what he did Monday night another few times this year. Which yeah, means he's going to do what Russell Wilson's done already. Yeah. But Kirk doesn't have Russ's ceiling. I think I think we know that. Now the offense is good, and he'll put up a thirty-point game. But Russ in this offense, if it gets clicking in that division, can give you the four or five touchdown game, and that's a different ceiling. So for me, I wouldn't drop him this week for that. But if you know if there's somebody else that you can drop, and and or if you can get Russ off the squad and you're confident in Kirk the rest of season and you get good value back for us. That's something I'd consider. I'll, I'll tell you, I agree with that point. Travi made, I wasn't super stoked to acquire Russell Wilson. He was my third favorite piece in the trade that we made. There was 
five total players involved, but <laughs> but I am happy. I, I had Trey Lance, so that created a vacancy that was over there. I like the ceiling. I also picked up Jared Goff. I also have Aaron Rodgers in there, so I'm like kind of working on this situation myself. But what I'd say is that I've had trade offers come to me for Russell. So like I just traded and picked up Russell Wilson, and then people are in my DMs trying to get Russell Wilson. They're not giving me anything that's gotten me excited enough to move forward, but they haven't been horrible offers on this. I mean, Ronald coming in here too. Two weeks, two weeks, people. Drop Wilson, come on. I mean, it's just another bit of feedback from some about how we feel about Russell Wilson. People are holding yeah. out hope. They like him. I think you could get some value for him. And I, and, I, and I think Travis is right, too. Like, the ceiling is still really high. Speaking of high ceilings, man, the Packers have traditionally had such a high ceiling. But, man, Travis, are the wide receivers banged up right now. <laughs> Christian Watson, hamstring, questionable. Looks like a new injury. Alan Lazard. And he got stepped on. Like, what the fuck was that? Now that missed it. Had to miss him time. He's coming back. We still don't know exactly what Alan Lazard's about. It's such an amazing question mark this offseason. Sammy Watkins is the only thing we know when he's out. He's not going to be playing. He did have that good play with Aaron Rodgers. We heard that Romeo Dubs should get more involved. Matt LaFleur gave him a shout out earlier here. Travis, we like the running backs. We like Dylan. We like Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to throw for around 250 yards. He might get a couple of touchdowns. Who do you think is going to be the likely beneficiary of the majority of that work? I don't know if it's even recommendable who it is, but who would it be? I don't think there's anybody I could recommend the pass catchers. This is a low game total. Vegas is sharp on it as well. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady at 40 points. That is not something I probably would have ever seen in a matchup between them ever before. It is going to be about Leonard Fournette, and it is going to be about the two running backs in Green Bay, and that is all I want a part of in this game at all um, because I, I just do think, first of all, all the talent for both of these squads right now based on health is on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And even if these guys were healthy coming in, the Bucks secondary is playing a lot better than it has in the last couple of years. Yeah, Todd Bowles has this team fired up on defense, so there's nobody recommended in the passing game for Green Bay oh. for me. And we're going to have some things to talk about on the wide receiver injury report for the Bucks here yeah. too, but yeah. T comes a few letters after G, so we'll get there, folks. <laughs> and we will get to your questions, Whisper Nation, Deluxe crang plays coming in we'll make sure we get to all your questions at the end if you got no time to spare though hit us with that super chat you just do 99 cents and we'll get you prioritized just like the indianapolis colts are going to probably prioritize michael Pittman if he's active that'd be a really nice piece for them to get back looks like he's ready to go according to frank reich for week three missed last week uh alec pierce though also looking pretty good for coming in. I don't know if we're going to recommend starting him. Ashlyn Doolin's been getting some love. I, I, Michael Pittman is in for us, Mike. Oh, Any yeah. other uh, pass-catching options in for your lineup out of Indianapolis? No, probably just him. I mean, there's really yeah. no – I mean, un unless you want to count Naeem Hines or, you know, throw him in there. But uh, no, other than that, I'm just playing Michael Pittman. I mean, Mo Ali cox is no one that you can trust, mm -hmm. even yeah. though – I love Mo Ali. Honestly. I do too. He's, he's, he's probably love one of my Mo favorite Alley tight ends. Yeah. Just he's just a humble guy. Just gets out there and plays football. I love it, dude. Uh, I, don't, I love their mad. Their Madden roster is awesome, especially yeah. the tight ends. It's like Molly Cox, Jelani Woods, yeah. who's like another yeah. monster looking to. Yeah, but they're just they're huge. And but at the same time, it's there's no one else really. Paris Campbell shit the bed. Where you at, bro? 
I, I had him in DFS lineups everywhere. I literally was like, I told everybody on my show, I'm like, Paris Campbell, just throw him in there. And then I, I of course, forget the, well, I didn't forget, but I kind of forgot about the concept that the Jags just destroy the Colts anytime they go to Jacksonville. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God, cut, knocked him out of the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Last week. That's right. I was, I liked the Michael Pittman, I, or not, not, excuse me, Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell. Yeah. I had let him go in our dynasty. I drafted him in our startup. I was really excited about it. I finally let him go. Johnny picked him up. He was really excited about it. He's watching all the YouTube videos. All like, here I come. He's got oh, his family no. on board. He's all emotionally invested. He's got a lot of snap share position, percentage, but uh, not a lot of points. Yeah. And uh, the faith is draining. We got some questions at the wide receiver position, though. Think about talk about faith draining, Travis. I don't even we, – we talked about this potentially being a big old carousel of wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster is the favorite. I mean, I still think he's probably the number one, but is it just so dispersed outside of Kelsey that you're like – Maybe throw someone in your flex. We're not MVS is probably off consideration. I'm okay on Mecole in like deep leagues. He's been involved, even if not like heavily. It looks like they, he is consistent, just not a huge load. Juju Smith Schuster is probably still the number one, but he's not as tantalizing as you might have like been hoping in your mind before and, we talk. What do you think? Yeah, not yet at least. Juju is one of those guys where I'm like, I'm not like so like out. I, I think you got him at a good spot. Most drafts, hopefully, that you don't like have to terribly rely on him, hopefully. And so for me, he's a guy like I want to see a month to six weeks of Juju mm -hmm. in different spots to see if I can target matchups for him. Because Pat told us this. Pat Mahomes told us before the season starts. Sorry, guys. Like, sorry, fantasy managers. You're not going to be able to tell any week. It's going to be matchup based. You know, we're going to cycle through here, which was what we were saying all offseason. Right, Austin? The question kept coming to us. Hey, what's the answer? And I kept saying it's Travis Kelsey. Like, that is the one person you're going to know that is going to get his in this offense. And, and that's what you got to go with. And I think, you know, MVS is a guy that people were excited about because of the cost. His ADOT is so low right now. He is just like not even getting open as a guy downfield right now. So they are just scheming up other ways to get involved. You know, uh, Houston, was that his name? Or uh, Watson? The, the Yeah, oh, Watson, the guy that, yeah, like the, the guy that got down the field last week because McColl went out. So every week they're just going to be rotating different guys that can make plays. And Andy Reid probably loves it, but we're not really in love with that. I, I think Juju is a hold, a wait and see. Um, I understand if you're desperate and you need it, but like we've got a couple more weeks. Let's see him in certain matchups and see if we can't target the way, you know, the boom games for him. Yeah. The Chiefs look good. The Chiefs overall yeah, are yeah, looking exactly. just like it just stands. Like, so, yeah, look at look at Juju. So look at the two game scripts for Juju here. One was a really, really tough matchup against the Chargers secondary, the Chargers defense in general, right? Yep. Still decent amount of, of time on the field, you know, running routes and stuff like that. The first game, he got a great amount of targets, and then they blew out the Cardinals. They didn't need – they didn't really need him anymore. So I think, again, he's a hold. He's a guy that we can look at in certain matchups. You know, when they get tangled up in this AFC West and they got to beat high-flying opponents again, I think Juju could have a, a better second half to the year. He might be a buy-low guy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting one there. Staying in the AFC West, a couple of the Raiders starters will not be starting for your team unless you just completely forget to set your lineup in week three. Josh Jacobs is not traveling to the team. He's sick. Hunter Renfro is concussed. Mike, are you starting Zamir White? Are you are you 
I mean, you're starting Darren Waller. You're starting Devontae Adams. I don't think we're advising any other wide receivers. But the question at running back is a legit one. You might have an available running back sitting on your waiver wire for a decent offense. Do you agree? Who would it be? Yeah, I mean, it's between Amir Dula or Zamir White. And, you know, right now they drafted Zamir White to be another guy in this particular offense. They really do like him a lot. You know, Amir Abdullah is great and all, like, you know, got, he has decent draft capital, too. If you remember, he was drafted pretty <laughs> decently high, but has kind of fell off the face of the earth. And Dude, him with the Lions, man. Yeah. I, 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 was, I remember drafting him in the fourth round, it feels like, 10 years ago, being like, oh, this yeah. dude's going to pop. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought that. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. And so, for me, I, I like Samir White as this being his homecoming and, like, the, him being used. Would I put him in my lineup this week? Probably not. I would probably just grab him to hold on my bench for now uh, just to see how it's used. I mean, who are they facing again? They're they're facing – I have to go through my whole <laughs> list of people. The Raiders are playing Raiders, the Titans. 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 Oh, oh, that's tough. I probably wouldn't play him, and, and it's basically because the Titans' D-line is probably a little bit better than Raiders' O-line. Uh, Jet Jeffrey Simmons is just an animal. Have you ever watched him play? He, mm. He's he's like Aaron Donald, just bigger. Like, he just goes right through that hole. And if you have a weak center, anybody that is just not even worth – I mean, I watched him play week one against the Giants, and he just right through the line. He is just somebody special. Travis, um, I saw you pick up Zamir White in yeah. Tolton, our league of record. Are you starting him? I will probably not be starting him, but it's more of an investment in Zamir White as a breakout. Um, you know, so I think I want to what I would like to see is a new coaching staff see their new guy get in the game for Josh Jacobs and do things that help them win the game. If that were to happen, then you might have something brewing there. Other than that, I think it's just a stash at this point. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of on that same radar as the Arizona backs, as Dobbins, if he plays, yeah. as some of these question mark running backs that we'd have. And, you know, maybe you're out there and you've got them. We haven't had a ton of major injuries to running backs yet, so maybe you don't have to. But some of these zero RB squads are looking at like piecemeal, you know, RB twos and threes in there. And I think you could do a lot worse than throwing in a Zamir White yeah. in this game. Daryl I mean, Williams, Zamir White, J.K. Dobbins. Which order? Starting this Zemir. week. So Zemir. I... I would go JK and that's just a bet on talent. And if they, if they're starting JK, like I got to feel he's back. And then, you know, for, but that's a personal thing. I, I do have a bias built in with JK, but then Zamir would be next because yes, there are other guys involved, but Josh Jacobs peripherals, as far as usage are pretty good this year. Yeah. So all, all Zamir's got to do is like fall into the end zone. If he is the Josh Jacobs replacement, he's just got to get in there, you know? Yeah. I like him better. I, I definitely like Zamir a little bit better than JK and the context of being used uh, right. at the same time. This is a one week fill in, to be honest, like yeah. it, he's right. going to be back fine next week. It's not like, you know, this is a fourth, you know, uh, 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 Elijah Mitchell type injury where you're picking up, you know, right. Jeff Wilson, at, you know, for eight weeks of investment, he's literally playing for one game. So unless you really, really need somebody at running back, he's really not worth picking up. It's a good take. Before we move on, just a little bit of a shout out to Zamir White, who was the number one prospect at the running back position coming out of high school, five star recruit. Then he had a couple of ACL injuries in both knees playing in Georgia, had some like weird usage rates. But this guy has got some more C's on his knees and I think people give him credit for. And I'm excited to see what he could do with the amount of opportunities 
he could potentially get this week. I'm just excited to watch as a fan of football. I like watching the Los Angeles Rams as a fan of football. They've been pretty good. Uh, even without Keenan Allen, their number one wide receiver, Mike, who's had that hamstring. He's questionable week three. He's gotten limited practices this week. I think he's going to play. Uh, Justin Herbert dealing with that fractured rib cartilage or his, 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 his calf. This area is not a hundred percent. It's right here. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a pain thing, but that also is like when you open up and you throw, I don't know how you can be as accurate as strong throwing it. He, for me, gets a drop down, even if he plays, but he's elite. He's so good. How do you handle this situation, Mike, if you got Justin Herbert on your squad? See, and that, and this is where I, I actually was listening to Jeff Manns on Sirius XM today. And, uh, when I turned it on, he was talking about this particular scenario and he was just screaming at the top of his lungs, the concept that they're listing him as questionable. He didn't practice today and, you know, and you're going to list him as questionable. It's a four o'clock game. Like just say if he's playing or not, like Jesus Christ, you know, and I get teams have, you know, their way of doing things. And we all know that he's probably not going to play. I mean, there, there's a good chance that Chase Daniels takes this. I mean, he was taking first team reps and to be completely honest even if herbert plays that whole thing of him practicing today with the ones is to kind of be like a hey if he gets hurt or can't play i can just go right into the offense and everything works out so i I don't trust the scenario i have him in my uh, scotty fishbowl league i Mm. i don't i'm gonna go probably with jimmy g and jared goff like i have those two guys as backups which i lucked the hell out with jimmy g to be completely honest. So for me, I got Jimmy on my team already. I'm playing Jimmy and, and Jared over Justin Herbert because I have no other choice because I am I could wait and I can easily switch him out with Jimmy if I really want to. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I mean, he did look okay when, after he got the injury, I mean, we all saw him throw that, what was it? A 50 yard bomb down the, you know, mm-hmm. on a rope. So can he be effective? I mean, He's just, he's not going to throw it. uh, He's not going to throw it downfield a ton. They'll probably just little, you know, Eckler might have a decent game. Uh, You know, Joshua Palmer might have a good game if, if Keenan's out, you know, just underneath routes. uh, Everett's going to do fine. But I mean, I don't know, man. Jared Bangers, Jared Bangers doesn't know either on this one. Travi, I'm thinking of you with this question here. It's a relevant side here. We've got, if Her- Jared Bangers available to the show, if Herbie's out, I got Tua and Wentz. Who would you like? I mean, like Wentz is leading the league in in yards. Tua is not too far behind. Man, what do you think, dude? You know the answer I'm going with. It's Tua time, baby. Yeah, the Buffalo too. Bill, the Buffalo Bills uh, secondary, which has been tough, banged up. Uh, so and we got so Micah Hyde out. We've got Dane Jackson out. So like there is some, there are some things to like in this game. The over under is good. Vegas likes the team implied total. For the Dolphins, I trust Mike McDaniel more more than I trust Carson Wentz. You know, so like that's just where I'm at with it. Could Wentz get home? Yeah, of course. Oh, I know. I I like the Eagles' defense. You know, I like. There's just so much more things that I like about Tua with the upside with those wide. How does any defense cover both of those wide receivers? I don't know how they do it, and that's where I'm at with Tua. So I like him, and this is a great test, even though the defense is banged up the front. Seven is nice, so you like to see how he can do against it, but I'm in on Tua here. Um, we were talking about the Chargers here. I, yeah. I don't want to skip over just yet. Mike Williams, what, what do we do with Mike Williams if Herbert sits? Because Ooh. that 
He had such a monster game. He's such a probably a mainstay in your lineup. But with Chase Daniel at quarterback, what are we doing with Mike Williams? I think he's you know, okay to play. You you th- you still think he's good? I mean, he is a contested catch guy, so we don't deem Daniel to be that accurate to get huh. Mike Williams the ball. Mike Williams without Justin Herbert or Gabe Davis this week? Mike Williams because he's healthy. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, that's the main thing. Like my, And that's a good – that's a good area to put him at honestly i mean gabe davis is a great player but he's one the number two two he's hurt i'd rather go with the guy that i know is healthy going with even a backup qb i mean chase daniels is no you know it's not a spring chicken but he's been in the league a long time to know what to do with the ball and you know a lot of check downs because he played in like a lot of west coast offenses if i'm not mistaken and and the i mean he played with andy reed for a long time and knows that type of dink and dunk type thing Honestly, I feel I'm okay with Mike Williams. Last okay. part of that game, I'm sm- if Herbert doesn't go, I'm smashing Jacksonville. I like him to get the upset. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I don't. The line that, changed. Honestly. The line changed from yeah, I know, uh, seven to yeah, seven to three. So I kind of, I kind of like Jacksonville coming off a big win. I like what they're doing on offense. I was there for Jacksonville. And their anyway. front, Mike, with a banged up Chargers that. offensive line. Yeah, I mean that's that, if Corey Lindsay's out, that that's going to yeah. be an interesting game to watch. And to be honest, I'm going to be picking the Chargers for a lot of things because they are yeah. not the uh, the Jaguars because I've been a big fan of Jaguars as a whole. I mean, they have a pretty good defense. It's a very underrated defense. Yeah, I know they're one and one, but they they're pretty good. I'm yeah. telling you. Speaking of pretty good, we got Jacoby Meyer. I like how they frame it here. New England's PPR Wonderkin has led the team in targets and each week has a total of 19 and two games. He had 13 targets, nine catches, 95 yards last week, six targets, four catches, 65 yards the week before. Travis, man, I was cursing Jacoby Myers all year last year after you'd get like, you know, 13 catches for 13 yards or something. I was like, just get me the out of here but i like the output so far with those 95 yards last week 55 the week before that not bad not getting a lot of touchdowns i don't know how many touchdowns this new this new england team is going to be getting overall i guess in a deeper league you're feeling fine about jacoby yeah i think in, in ppr too uh, if we look yeah. at obviously a much better offense in the dolphins but uh, you know we we're talking about banged up uh, defenses baltimore secondary absolutely oh, yeah. ravaged right now yeah. we saw that last week so again i think jacoby myers could feast in this game and if it, you're in ppr he's a, he's a fine you know flex borderline wide receiver four kind of play um, yeah. that's where i'd kind of put him wide receiver 24 in ppr right now wide receiver 36 in standard in, yeah exactly a picture about what he usually does with those targets man we got some news here over in new orleans we got Taysom hill he's dealing with ribs what the hell is yeah. going on with ribs in new orleans yeah. man <laughs> i thought that this was we're dealing with ribs i thought we were dealing with uh crawfish nope it's ribs we got <laughs> Taysom hill we got alvin kamara we've got Jameis winston he's dealing with a back uh, he's got some. He's banged up. It's kind of kind of weird. Winston's dealing with it says four fine. fractures. He looked all right. He, I mean, he looks all right moving. He doesn't look so good throwing. Uh, didn't have the most efficient game. But what do we? I'll just I'll just stop there. What do we do with our Chris Olaves, our Michael Thomases? What do we do with our Jameis Winston's? If Kamara is in, I think you probably play him. I mean, he was my first round pick in our league of record. I think I'm begrudgingly rolling him out because who am I going to start over 
Alvin Kamara in that situation. So you're probably playing him unless you got something, unless you really had to come up. Um, what, what do you, any, any strong thoughts here about this New Orleans team that's got a lot of players, but also a lot of questions? Uh, it, it's very tough. I mean, I, I suggested to people last week to play Taysom Hill because I thought that this, you know, injury, this news that came out with the, the four fractures in the back was going to be right. something that hindered him. And, and, it, and I, I was like, what the hell? I'm like, okay, let's, let's try Taysom Hill. He could be, you know, he should smash, right? Yeah. Kamara, yeah. Kamara's out. Winston's banged he up. Was listed like- as in FanDuel. He was listed as the third tight end at, you know, money, you know, uh, worth. And I'm like, that's insane. And I, I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, oh, okay. Four fractures in the back. That's not good. I actually talked to a friend of mine who actually has two fractures in his back currently. Yeah. And he's a athlete. Like the guy runs around and does all types of shit. He is completely okay. And not like nothing. So, I mean, I think he'll be okay. I mean, they definitely have the meds, the things to take care of him. He'll be fine. Um, You know, unless he's, part of the chargers you know th- thankfully it's not on the chargers um we, we do we do have to keep an eye on herbert unfortunately um but i mean i i guess this is a great question and and uh rasta brings it up in the chat is do you play jeff wilson or camara like that that is a that is a legit question that i think i'd play I jeff have. wilson i'd probably I would play, play jeff wilson, wilson probably he's healthy yeah, yeah. i would play jeff wilson. all right you too travis no i'd be playing camara all right, I love Kamara. it. Yeah, if Kamara goes, I'm playing Kamara, and that's just because with Winston's stuff, they might want to limit it and go with the run game a little bit more and, and get your Kamara in there. And and what they said about Kamara, like remember Kamara played week one through this injury, and then they said basically that they wanted to be a little bit precautionary. And if they they say he's going to go, then I think they like him to be you know pretty much back to where he needs to be to play. So I'm actually in on Kamara if he goes. Okay. Uh, as far as the offense goes, you know, there's kind of re- conflicting reports. Yes, it kind of sounds bad, but to Mike's point, you know, like he's got a friend who did it. Tony Romo actually had a really good year before the year that he went down and Dak took over. He had that same fracture in his back and had a really nice productive year and played through it. So yes, it's a serious injury and it can cause like some further damage, but it's definitely too. Yeah. uh, Yes, exactly. So there are guys that go out there and sling it. And what you notice about both of those guys, Romo and Stafford, they're slingers, they sling the rock and that's what Winston does. So love my Lave shares, love my Michael Thomas shares. I mean, I'm not as confident as I was without the back fracture, of course, (laughs) but Chris Olave, I think one of only like two or three wide receivers to get 300 air yards last week. So, I mean, it's it's unreal where Olave's at, and he's going deep down the field. It's just a matter of time before we get the explosion game um, out of this offense. But, you know, so, so John Daigle likes to call them prayer yards. Some of them are prayer yards with uh, oh, James Winston. Like <laughs> so, yeah. I think yeah. I'm at like 21 on my list. Like, Okay. No yeah, I, mean, I, I, I get it. Yeah, the problem I have with Wilson is Debo could steal a touchdown. And and that, I guess you could say the same thing with New Orleans, like Taysom Hill could come in or something. But Kamara is a weapon. Jeff Wilson isn't a weapon. Jeff Wilson's a cog in the you know in, in their offense. Good point. And, you know, so Fair. that's yeah. My biggest question is Jeff Wilson and, and or Daryl uh, Henderson. Like that's my big dilemma. I'm going Wilson there. Yeah. I see. saw too much out of the Rams to tell me that. It was always part of the plan to have Akers do more. Agreed. But week one, something happened. He wasn't 
I don't know. Maybe it was a week of practice. He wasn't ready. Whatever. He missed that block. They never let him back on. But then if you notice, squeaky wheel McVeigh was like, hey, we need to get him activated. We need to get him going. And they did. And Henderson got in on that red zone and got the touchdown and, and got home. But it was like, what, 15 touches for Akers, something like that. So, I mean, Akers, yeah. I think the draft capital is there. He – I think projects to be – this is kind of a weird thing to say. Both are injury kind of prone. I think he projects to be the more durable of the two backs, hmm. uh, Akers does. So I'm a, I'm a little bit more back in on Akers uh, okay. than I am. But this could be one of those things where it's like, this week it's Akers, next yeah. week it's Henderson. Yeah, yeah. It probably will yeah. be. And I see some questions coming in the chat. Val's the GOAT. Smarts, thanks for joining us. We're going to get to all of the questions before the end of the program, but we're going to work our way here through the news and notes. If you got a question relevant to the topic at hand, we'll do our best to squeeze it in here. Last one from Anthony before we move on from New Orleans. What about Pierce or Kamara, Travis? Kamara, I like Pierce. Like Kamara. Yeah, it's just I like the- Kamara on this one over too. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Kamara. Mike, coming to you here for the New York Giants updates. Kadarius Tony hamstring didn't practice on Friday. Who knows if he studied his notes? Who knows if he got a high enough score on his homework to actually be able to go outside and play with his friends? Wandale Robinson dealing with a knee issue. He missed practice on Thursday. No. What do you think about your New York Giants? Oh, it's going to be fun. I actually. Okay. Oh, who are you starting? Yeah. Sterling Shepard. I mean, okay. Sterling Shepard, uh, Richie James, those are the two guys that you're definitely going to be doing. Get rid of Galladay. I mean, there's been tons of reports with the concept of how upset. Now, that could be the squeaky wheel type thing where they get him really involved this week. But Dable's been basically saying, like, he is done. You're like, he he's to the point where I don't care about how much money you make. If you're on the field and producing and you're actually wanting to be here, I'll give you the ball. And we can see that with Tony and how he's used. You can see it with how everything's been going on. I mean, Richie James is the freaking leading receiver, which is insane to think. And Sterling Shepard, to his credit, I mean, he's been working his ass off coming back from an Achilles injury and looking good. So honestly, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little shocked they don't use Bellinger more. Um, I'm a little shocked. Well, I'm not shocked on, uh, you know, Barkley's usage. I mean, he's doing great things, and I'm really happy about him right now. I mean, this game's going to be fun. I'm actually going to be at the game on Monday. I'm excited about that one. Oh, bringing nice. my dad, bringing my brother, me and all of us are going to the game. <laughs> I'm excited for that. It's going to be, uh, they have it white out. So they want everyone wearing their whites and uh, I'm not, unfortunately. <laughs> out of love for my guest, I'm, we're going to move on because the only things that I would have to say are not going to be as bright and shining yeah. as our friend <laughs> Classic Mike said. I would not be starting Sterling Shepard. No, I'm not starting them. I'm not starting them like a 12. No, maybe gotcha. in like a really deep league, I'd start one of the two of them. But have them on your team because we could see big yeah. things coming forward. That's all. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. It's getting sorted out. We'll yeah. see where it all ends no, up. That, that was just more Shake. like, I'm excited to see what they do. <laughs> I'm excited you're going to the game, too. Excited oh, to hear yeah. about how that's going to work out for you. Travi, the other team in New York, looking weird. Kind of fun. <laughs> Definitely weird. Uzuma is a hamstring. He's kind of questionable week three. I don't know if that really matters for you at all. Corey Davis, though, uh, this is something to monitor. And if he's out, I'm certainly getting more excited about Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. You're probably going to be starting those two guys anyways, regardless, though. Corey Davis, I, mean, I don't think he'd be an advised play. What What do you think about Corey Davis um, in this matchup here if he does play? 
Well, I think that if you picked up Garrett Wilson, you're kind of just hoping Corey Davis rests this game so we can get even more yeah. snap share out of Garrett Wilson this week right. because what we've seen is if he increases his snap share, he increases uh, his production. He is the number one wide receiver in expected production because he is used in the red zone. Uh, I think the most out of any wide receiver right now. They just target him a, a, a fuck ton in the red zone. I love this, and I and I want to just preach a little patience to those with Elijah Moore. We know Elijah Moore is good at football, and he's running all the routes, okay? We just need things to settle down a bit, and those targets are going to get funneled, I think, to both of those two wide receivers. We are watching a breakout happen for Wilson. We already watched a, a breakout happen for Moore. I think what we got to pray for the most is either, one, that Zach Wilson is good when he comes back, <laughs> Or well, that, was going to come back, that he doesn't come back and Why Joe Flacco retains the job. That's See, the that was going to be my cloud. next question is what do you feel about that? Do you think if, that when he comes back that Joe is going to keep the job? If Joe Flacco beats the Bengals, I don't know how you could be like, yeah, we're going to go right back to Zach Wilson. That would be a big comeback win against the Browns, and you go and beat the Bengals, who just went to the Super Bowl. Now, they might do it because it's their first-round pick, but we have a little bit of a difference. We talked about this between GM and head coach on this team, on the quarterback, it sounds like. So that's something to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm really in on Garrett Wilson, and I, I want to practice a little bit of patience for those who, who have Elijah Moore. He, you know, Better days are ahead for him. Okay. Moving on to the San Francisco 49ers. The one bit of news we got here is the return of George yes. Kittle off the final Good injury report. We're firing George Kittle up. No, yeah. and he has no hesitations. All right, we're moving no. on there. Get excited about it. Hope it all works out. Love to see him play. Now, this I, is can we go? Can we go? Can we go back really quick? Just really quick. How happy are George Kittle uh, GMs that got him at such a discount when people thought Trey Lance was going to be their quarter, his quarterback? Now you get, and now Jimmy G is your quarterback for the rest of the year. I think it's about to be like he he could be one of the steals of this year's draft. Um, because of where he was going uh, it's kind of funny we actually had a we had a, a trade that we talked uh, we talked about in our show on Wednesday and it was Travis Kelsey and I forgot the I think it was Dalvin Cook I think it was mm. and they traded for Kittle and uh, Rashad Bateman and I forgot the third guy off the top of my head but there were three people in the trade going to him everyone was like this trade should have been vetoed I'm like what? No, like that George, they're betting on George Kittle doing well in the next few weeks because of the whole thing with Jimmy G. I am on board with that trade. And honest, it looked very lopsided when you looked at it, but I'm yeah. like, no, George, George Kittle, I mean, I, really, really. Yeah. yeah. I think George, I I mean, for me personally, George Kittle is the best tight end in football. Oh, me too. I'm in yeah. the same boat. <laughs> he's just, he's, we all know he misses so much time, but like oh, yeah. he, he does his own work. Like yeah. he's so so good. I'm just I can't wait to watch him play football. It's so much oh, fun. He goes out. He 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 exercises violence with joy, with no malice in his heart. It's like the weirdest combination that I've he, seen of people. It's it's he's awesome. He like, reminds me of like a Troy Polamalu with a tight end position. Yeah, it's great. I compare him to Bavaro. Like he just runs down that field and just doesn't care about yeah, anybody awesome. else but himself. <laughs> just like just oh, I love him. <laughs> Guys, what do we do about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all of these freaking crazy situations? We got Mike Evans, right? He's, he's suspended. We got Rashad Perriman. He's questionable. Julio Jones, he's also questionable. Russell Gage is like looking like the most likely, but he's been banged up since training camp. Uh, Chris Godwin's not going to play. Travis, what are you doing? Who would, who would be your start out of these wide receivers in Tampa Bay? Would you start anybody? 
if Julio goes, I'd start Julio, but you got to know the risk that's going on with Julio. Like he could be out of the game within a little bit of the game, but I do like how he was used as the deep threat. Um, So if he's good enough to go, I I don't mind playing him there. The sneaky like DFS guy that I'd be interested in right now uh, is Scotty Miller. And I know he hasn't produced a lot, but he's been targeted on 40% of the routes that he's gone and ran on. So like he's actually getting targeted. He dropped a few against a pretty tough secondary against New uh, New Orleans last week. But Scotty Miller would be like a DFS play dart throw. I probably wouldn't be starting him in 12 team or anything like that, but definitely like 16 team leagues, you know, the, our listener league, I think he's worth, you know, some sort of dice roll with that quad flex, but yeah, Scotty Miller, even Brashad Perriman, uh, if like all of them are out, you know, Julio gauge and they're out, you know, like then maybe Brashad Perriman has a deep throw that dime he caught by Brady was something special last week. And we know Perriman can get down the field, but again, uh, the strength of the Green Bay sec- uh, defense is in their secondary. Uh, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, uh, you know, we've got great safety. So I, I think, again, like I said earlier, it's really about the running backs in this game. I, I don't know if I would start – I don't know if I'd be starting any wide receiver because of the points you made about the Packers secondary. This defense yeah. is pretty good. And Brady is – this is this is a little different of a Brady than we've ever gotten. I mean, just based on the fact that he's prepared differently this offseason, his temperament seems a little different. Now, then we saw him, you know, in that 3-3 tie with New Orleans, smash the tablet and then come back and win by a decent margin. But I don't know, man. This doesn't seem like the same fully strength, fully scary Tom Brady, and the offense seems kind of damaged. And the defense, is yeah, good. right? I don't know if I would want to start any players like I could like you know we could go with like the Scotty Miller takes and some Russell Gage if like he's a healthy one but like is it actually going to work out or the Bucks going to put up like a couple of scores total and maybe that comes through the run game yeah I mean it's definitely a four net game yeah uh, no, I agree. Those, other, those other plays were definitely for like deep leagues or like a deep, deep leagues yeah for like yeah. your for your your work league your hometown league I think you just Probably just yeah, save the draft, just to just fade all the pass catchers yeah. here. Last one on the lineup, Whisper Nation, before we get to your questions here. It's in Tennessee. Dontrell Hilliard, who missed last week, he's removed from the injury report. He'll be available for the Titans and for you. That dude in like every other game gets like 20 fantasy points off of like really <laughs> limited weird use. It's yeah. strange. Go back multiple seasons now. Traylon Burks removed from the injury report. He's going to play. I like him long term. I'm curious to hear if you guys like him this week, though. And then Kyle Phillips, doubtful week three. Uh, and and so, yeah, Mike. Who are you starting, if anybody, in that like league of record hometown league, not super deep league? Anybody at the wide receiver position catch your eye? I mean, Something? Burks Burks looked good. I liked Kenny Phillips until he got hurt. I mean, Kenny <laughs> Phillips was – I picked him up in a bunch of leagues. Um, but, you know, with the shoulder, I'm not playing him. I mean, he's definitely out. Um, okay. With Traylon Burks, I mean, I do like Traylon Burks. He looked pretty good. I mean, considering – um last week he did okay so and he's at least getting targeted he's definitely looking better than robert woods you know like he's <laughs> definitely coming uh, you know into his own a little bit we were all told in the beginning of the season robert woods robert woods doesn't look like that anymore i mean they, offense looks bad right yeah. it does and and you and, and a big reason is that offensive line is beat up taylor Lewan is going to be out as well on the on the left side i mean once he was out literally the whole thing kind of fell apart i mean them losing Roger Saffold was a big deal. I was saying it in the beginning of the year, and that's why, one reason why I was down on Henry. 
And honestly, as much as I love Henry, I mean, I'm a little even hesitant to play him um, just because, I mean, this Raiders front is actually pretty good. Mm. You know, they have a really strong defensive line, you know, with Jonathan Hankins on the middle and, you know, they uh, Max Crosby on the outsides and stuff like that. And, and uh, Denzel Perryman and all these guys that. Jones, yeah. Yeah. Travis, is yeah. that is th- that line is good in Baltimore. They're going up against. I saw you pick up Dontrell Hilliard before week two, before he was out. Do you have any consideration for getting Hilliard involved in this, which could be like that pass out option if that line is so. Strong yeah. Hilliard remains a stash for me. Um, I thought that Sindri was a little bit more serious, but he's right back to it. So, uh, yeah, he's so he's right back. He's, he's good now. He's healthy, which I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. Thing. But, yeah, that it's it's definitely about the offensive line play and about them needing they – are, they are hungry for targets, and who better than a pass catching back to be an outlet for Tannehill. But the, the Burks uh, points that Mike made are, are good. On limited snaps right now, he is demanding targets. So he yeah. is a guy that they – again, they're hungry for it. So all we need is Vrabel to get him past, like, his rookie wall or whatever. He remains a stash for you. Uh, but I think he's one of those guys, like, a post-rookie you know, post bump, post-by-rookie bump candidate to really, like, get going. So if, if somebody's getting pissed off and tired and you're 2-0 and and you want to, like, go stash him, I you know, buy low on Burks right now because I think the usage could start to turn up. Yeah. All right. There we go. We got through our news and notes with you, Whisper Nation. That was awesome. Uh, We're going to be getting to your questions now. Mike, I'm not sure if you're able to stay around, but either way, you want to let the folks. Okay, great. Great. Then we'll pause the plug until the end there. (laughs) Moving on now with some of the questions here going up to the top of the list. Here we've got Wentz or Goff if Herbert is out. Winter Goff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Goff. Goff here. We talked about the we talked why about we like this. the Lions offense for sure. Yeah, I think it's a great start. All right. Stranded on second with Tony Clark. Welcome to the channel, man. My wide receivers are Jeff, Jefferson, Waddle, Cooper, Curtis, Samuel, and Jarvis Landry. I don't really have much of a tight end. I got a trade offer today. I would get Darren Waller for Amari Cooper. What do you all think? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Smash really it. good about this one. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'd be okay. Yeah, with that. your wide receivers are are loaded outside of Amari Cooper. You've got Waddle, yeah. Jefferson, and Curtis Samuel. You've got Landry there as well, and I think Darren Waller gives you that positional advantage. If you don't have anything at tight end, I would smash this. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, he's actually playing Evan Ingram, and I I know stranded. He comes from our uh, from our channel to to now to yours, which is great. I love the I love community. I really yes. Do. I love this yes. community. Um, but he he mentioned last week that for him, you know, he was picking up a guy like Evan Ingram because he lost uh, Dalton Schultz. Um, so he was trying to figure out what to do. Uh, and now you know he has uh, an opportunity for Waddle. Take it, take it. All right, I like the takes on here. I don't disagree with these ones here. Moving. For it. I love how the chat's been going off on this one. And so I just am working through, going down, finding the questions here. Oh, Ronald Call of Cleveland. Oh, interesting point. Not a question, but Greg Dorch has been the go-to receiver here for two weeks. Johnny, before he had to dip, was mentioning Dorch has been on the rise. Yeah, his ADOT's really low. He's not because he's not very much of a burner, but he's been a guy that soaks up because Arizona line, line's been pretty bad. I, mean, I think the biggest thing that Dorch shows me 
is I'm a little bit excited of Stash and Rondell Moore. Maybe wait another week or, or goodbye low. But I think if Moore were to come back um, and, and get healthy, like he could be a really focal point of this offense. We heard all the talk coming in. He got injured right before the season started. And then Dorch started to soak up targets in this offense. So, and he's playing that role. So that's why Moore is a little exciting for me when he comes back. Lincoln was here coming in. Welcome. Who should I draft with my 604? Keenan Allen, George Kittle, Mike Evans, or Antonio Gibson? Dynasty Superflex, 12 man league startup draft. And in, in the middle, and after the start of the season, this is kind of fun. Yeah, I've never had that before. Is this like a long draft where you're like, I got 24 hours on the clock? I'm going to go ask some, ask some <laughs> a year, It's a year for wow. pick. I like no, it. So, uh, what do you guys think? I would probably lean Kittle here. Yeah. Um, I just I like the positional advantage a little bit more than the age on on Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. Gibson could get a nod, but they love Brian Robinson there, and so that just gives me enough to be able to kind of move towards Kittle in in this in this one. I mean, maybe Evans is just a slight more to me, just because we know he's going to get used. He's only out for a suspension. You know, it's only one game. It's not like he's not going to miss you know the rest of the year. So for me, it's probably Evans and. I, I'm right on board with you with Kittle. Like, I think he'll, I feel he'll that. smash. But for me, Evans is probably that pick. I think I'm there with you. These guys are also similar. Like, I'll 28. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a, I don't like Gibson. I'm not a big fan of Keenan Allen with the injury. You know, older Mike Evans is just, you know, right there. Love to hear Sheffield Nobby coming in. Hunting Cooper for Davis and Pierce. Who wins this? Which Davis? Is it? Is it Gabe Davis, I'm assuming? I'll just yeah, go probably. So you uh, hunt, Kareem Hunt, and Amari Cooper for Davis and Pierce. I think I got to give it to the Hunt and Cooper set. I yeah. really love Gabe Davis, but I got I like Hunt's role, and Cooper's been doing pretty solid. So I don't yeah, know if I, I want to hold both though. <laughs> like I yeah, would find I a way to. I know, and they're both Browns, and I. Yeah. What a trade! <laughs> I, <laughs> you like both I mean, Browns. if you can get away with. You could yeah. probably get away with trading Hunt for Pierce, and that's about it. Uh, yeah. But no, nah, I'm, I'm liking the Hunt and Cooper. Yeah. Deluxe Krang plays. Welcome in. Should I trade Javante and Waddle for Eckler and London? No, no. absolutely not. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, don't yeah. do this anywhere. Yeah. If you can get Javante and Waddle for that, that's good. Do this it. is like an upside down league. I don't. Yeah, yeah I would is... definitely not do that. Don't, don't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. Uh, who do we answered this one? Right. Because this one yeah, came up during the show. Should I trade Tua for Juju? I got Tom Brady asked about the go. Mm. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I mean, it's getting no, value for it's a, a little weird a waiver though. quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Brady will get better probably when the wide receivers get healthy. But I don't know when that's going to be or if it'll happen. So I don't. I don't think um, it's happening. I I rather have Tua out of Tua and Tom Brady to be completely honest. And if you're only giving up Juju, I mean that's not horrible value. I would be. I would be okay with that. But yeah, maybe that's the play balls if you can actually turn Brady around for something better yeah. than Juju. Let's like if that. you can sell Brady on name value, um, then yeah. I would try to do that. Yeah, I agree. I like that. What kind of combination would you suggest for a trade with Zeke and Gabe Davis? What can I get for a combination of Zeke and Gabe? It depends. I mean, there's two ways to evaluate this. We can say, like, 
you can go to like like Dynasty Trade Calculator or whatever yeah. and say like Zeke would be worth 3,000 points and Gabe Davis is worth 6,000 points and this would be worth 9,000 points and here's players who are worth 9,000 points. That's one way to go about it. But you can also, this is what I always recommend, what we usually recommend on trades. Go and do some work. Look at your league. Identify who needs a running back to. Go and find who could use a ceiling wide receiver, like you got here in Zeke and Gabe Davis. And that's going to allow you to get a little bit more leverage from those folks. Find a person who matches well with this and see what they've got on their roster that would suit yours. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, and I'll just name a couple second-round uh, running backs like uh, Leonard Fournette or uh, Javante mm. Williams even. Like, if you can get that deal done, I don't know if you will, uh, but if you can get that deal done uh, and get those on, on the back end for them, uh, that's something i do. The two-for-one, you want to try and upgrade either of those positions, you know. Um, and I think the usage you're seeing out of some of these guys is really, really nice, so I think that's what makes them buy lows. He's factoring in here a little update on it. Factor it in Bateman also possibly. I would not be selling Bateman right now. Bateman is dominating on like 60% of snaps. So wait till they have to play him on 80 and 90% or when they choose to play him on 80 or 90% of snaps, he is going to be a very good asset. I wouldn't even want to trade Gabe Davis, but I, like if you're in this situation, like I, you know, well, what Zeke are you and Gabe Davis, yeah, that's the other part of it. You like, know, are Austin you looking to about, get a wide receiver, a running back? I mean, I yeah. can suggest to you, you know, a, a you know David Montgomery maybe, or yeah. you know someone like Leonard Fournette. Like uh, those are the guys I'm thinking about. Maybe Antonio Gibson. Maybe I mean I don't know if you mm. would want him, mm. but like someone like that for those two guys. Like maybe, but I honestly I wouldn't want to do that at all. Just hold tight. Like Ronald's throwing out a lot of love for Goder involved in this, and Val's is given some consideration on this but he wants to know is Godert good and ronald <laughs> says yes ronald, uh, did ronald did know that he was an eagles fan before he just told you that god was eagles fan Dave Davis? Goddard. yeah yeah no don't do that don't yeah. don't do davis for goddard please like don't. if you if you want to move gabe davis for a tight end you should be thinking kittle or waller in that go range up. you should yeah, be going go. up a tier uh i would not be going with goddard Ooh, don't do that Knox and davis for goddard and olave no, see, like, we're, get, we're getting further away here, Falls. Yeah, don't do not do that. I'm assuming this is Dynasty. Yeah, we had Dolls on earlier, right? It, it is a Dynasty. I, think. I don't know if it's Dynasty. I, that, didn't, like, I didn't see anything about Dynasty. Okay, maybe I'm just filling in that in. We'll assume redraft that. No, there's maybe. another question with Dynasty. I know what you're talking about, though. Right, right, right. Uh, looks like we've got a McCurley Wolf here. Welcome in. Have J. Rob, Najee, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Adams. Need a running back. Which y'all think is the most probable candidate in the running back room? Well, like are you asking like what a buy low candidate would be here at the running back position? Um, I'd say Montgomery, got, someone like Montgomery, a guy with volume. Uh, who would you want to get off of? Who would you want to get rid of on the squad here? Like J. Rob and Najee. Be nice if you could like. I don't want to get rid of either. Maybe Najee. <laughs> I'd get rid of Najee. You could probably get more for Najee, and I actually kind of like J Rob more. Like I think yeah, me too. Najee could end up being J Rob's production this year. Now, J Rob a little bit more in a time timeshare than Najee, of course. But yeah, that, um, I mean, you could probably get Saquon or Chubb for Najee, and then so you're, well, if, if somebody's giving you Saquon for Najee, he's got look. He's got Najee. Oh, this is a different one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was mixing up our guys. Mixing up our guys. I mean, 
Maybe. Who would you want to get off on this team? Like, if you could, I mean, here's the answer: if you can always package something up, go and find somebody who's got the pieces. Your who needs the pieces. You're willing yeah, the to opposite. Up. Yeah. Like I like J. Rob. I like something like Najee Harris and Amari Cooper. You might be able to package up for something even more sexy, like oh, a yeah. Najee Harris and an Amari Cooper. You know, for something, uh, something a shire, sh- shinier on this one. No fair. All right. Moving on, we just got uh, no, I think we got like one more question here. I got Najee and Saquon and Marquise and Sutton. I need an upgrade at tight end or flex them 0 and 2. Najee and Saquon and Marquise and Sutton. You could probably move Sutton and Najee for something better. I'd, I would move Najee and Marquise. I'd keep oh, Sutton. That, I, I meant, Marquise. yeah, my bad. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Sutton. Yeah. I no, yeah, yeah. Too. I would want to be keeping Saquon and Sutton here and yeah, moving Najee too. and Marquise. And then as far as a tight end or flex, you know, I wouldn't want to go Kittle just because of the injury history. But maybe uh, I hate doing wide receiver yeah, and for running t- back for a tight end. The tight end. end's tough unless you're going to go elite. And those elite guys, they don't give them up. They're not going to give up Kelsey no. or Andrews usually, you know. So that's – um, at flex, though, I you know again back to like the four net range, the you know the Javante range, the these guys that have the metrics, have the explosiveness, but haven't exactly popped yet, haven't scored touchdowns yet. Those are guys. Even Mixon, like Mixon's peripherals are good, but the Bengals look bad. If you can go get Mixon right now, that's like a guy that. who's gonna pop soon. Yeah, running back ten. Yeah. I would like a Mixon instead of a Najee Harris a lot. Maybe you can get that. Oh, Marquise completely Brown. agree. Mm-hmm. I. I would say don't freak out, though, about being 0-2. This isn't a bad squad. Let some things happen. Don't sell the farm yet. we still got yeah. some questions that are coming out, but I like the mix and level up if you can get that. I would get rid of Marquise in one way or another. Find a different mm-hmm. guy. I'm just not – I was never a big fan of him, and I don't know. Just not my thing. Yeah, not your thing. All right. Well, our thing is done today. We are through all the questions. Whisper Nation, it has been an absolute honor and joy to spend this Friday afternoon and evening with you as it has along with our guy, Classic Mike. Can you let the people know where they can follow you and if there's anything they should be paying attention to that you're working on now, Mike? Yeah. So you can definitely follow us at Get Right Fantasy uh, Network. We're on YouTube, uh, Twitter. All that fun stuff. Uh, check us out there. Check you know me out on Twitter over here. <laughs> um, we're also doing a 600 subscriber giveaway we're trying to get to. We're giving away a Gabe Davis jer- signed jersey. So we're trying to get to 600 subscribers. We're almost there. We're kind of just going along, you know, trying to get that one subscriber a day. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Definitely check us out. We're going to be on in literally about an hour and a half. So uh, we'll be doing our show, doing our full game breakdown, starts it today. Just kind of something like this. Just uh, unfortunately goes a little bit later than this. Uh, <laughs> on, a, on a Saturday night, we go until, God, we've in the past gone until five. But we're trying to trying to keep it a little bit shorter uh, on uh, my end just because I'm East Coast. So uh, we're just trying to keep that going. But, yeah. Check us out there, and I'll be back on Sunday, too. So There we go. So go ahead, Whisper Nation. Go and check out what Classic Mike is working on. We got links in the description. And if we didn't get to your questions today, we will be back on before the next round of games, an hour and a half before kickoff. That's 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. We'll be chopping up all of the questions before the games actually start and then hanging out with you while the morning games get going through that first half. On behalf of Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Austin Sear. We're the Fantasy Whispers. We'll see you next time. We're out. Peace. Peace.